I don't know if it's because there's more avenues for people to get their opinion out now, but it definitely feels... <laughs> I mean, there's definitely not. What? What was that going off for? Literally no idea. I like that it said fire, just in case we didn't know what it was. Well, to be fair, it is also a carbon monoxide. Ah, uh, okay. But... Why it went off there? Unless it's running out of battery. Maybe. Babe? Are you on fire? <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. Ugh, no one asked for this. So, welcome. To the podcast nobody asked for, with me, Ian Harris, And me, Graham Jones. And this week, we wanted to shed a few listeners, so we are going to share our top three lists of our controversial opinions about movies. A topic chosen by my partner, Alex, who's a voice you may recognise as featuring in our theme tune. She is the voice behind Nobody Asked For This. Yeah, and I'm, I've, I've stuck, I don't know about you, but I've stuck to it. These are, these are completely opinions. I have... Research no facts. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've re- researched uh, enough, but mainly because a couple of, or at least one of my choices, involves me running through some lists. Right. Because that's all. All of my opinions are uh, data driven. Because uh, that's the new buzzword in uh, the industry. So you know, I don't know that you can have an, a a data driven opinion because well, if it's data driven, it's facts. Fantasy football's entirely data driven opinions. Mm. Okay, you think oh, you we have, have our first. We have our first controversial opinion. I just don't think you on can the have nature a, of opinions. I just don't think you can have a, an opinion about data which reports facts. You can have an opinion on data because it's about interpreting the data. Yeah, but you can't have an opinion about like if this says this guy has had like a hundred yards. You, your opinion can't be he's not had a hundred yards or he has had a hundred yards. No, true, but basing using that information on whether you should start him next week is an opinion. Ah, but that's different. That's not necessarily an opinion. That's making a judgment based on the data. All right, I'll give you that one. That's fair. <laughs> That's not where I thought the first uh, couple of minutes of this podcast would go. So, anyway. uh, so there's been there's no rules really here, but we have both decided to stay away from controversy we have already covered. So, for example, Ish. that means no. Uh, I've already gone into detail about how I don't think Leo necessarily deserves an Oscar. And, well, he does deserve an Oscar. He, he, he rightfully didn't have one and shouldn't have got one for The Revenant. And uh, we're also going to be keeping Rent uh, barge pole away because we don't, we, need, we don't need to put you guys through that again. Yeah, we won't, we won't touch Rent. That's fair. We threw this, I say we, Graham threw this out to the wider social media world to see yes. what other controversial opinions we may have. And I jotted a couple that came through down. Uh, shall we run through them? Let's go. So arguably the most controversial, because somebody messaged me after reading this saying, I think I'm going to lose sleep over this, is uh, somebody prefers the Hobbit trilogy to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not right with that. I, I'm, I'm on the side of, because I think it's quite a controversial opinion to enjoy them anyway. Yeah. Because I do. I really like the Hobbit films. Well, they're I... They're nowhere near as good as Lord of the Rings, but that doesn't mean they're bad. No, I've also, I've only seen two of the three because i think i got through the second one i was like 
this book is like 250 pages long. We do not need a trilogy of like nine hours worth of films. We, we didn't, but also I really like the world it's set in and it was kind of nice to just be there again, you know? You just love, love a bit of Radagast. Love, love a bit of Radagast. This is interesting because I think a lot of people agree with this, but it is universally seen as controversial. Uh, the Godfather is overrated. Yeah, I, it's difficult for me to say too much on that because I have only seen the first Godfather and I watched it a long time ago, before, probably before I was could appreciate it for the film that it was. But yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's one of those that's held by a few people, at least. Yeah. Uh, Halloween 3 is the best Halloween sequel. Notably, that is the Halloween sequel that does not have Michael Myers in. Yeah. Season of the Witch, right? That's the, that's the lad. I don't remember it particularly well. I can tell you one of the best, the, one of the worst Halloween sequels is Halloween H2O. Oh, yes. Fuck, I forgot that was a thing. And now we ignore them all. We ignore them all and we're back to Halloween, what are we again? Halloween so, Kills? Yeah, so, so Halloween now feeds directly into Halloween. Yeah. And now Halloween Kills. Yeah, because naming convention. It's the big thing. Again, soon there will be one called Michael Myers. Yeah, and it's not a Mike Myers biopic. No, oh, that would be a, that would be an interesting flex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- this one, I someone messaged us saying they didn't think it was controversial, but preferring Hot Fuzz over Shaun of the Dead. I think that is. I think out of the three, Shaun of the Dead is widely regarded the best. Well, and Hot Fuzz is widely regarded as the second. Yeah. It's just a, it's a universal constant. That's, that's how things work. Yeah. I do like, I do think Hot Fuzz is underrated. I, I, would I wouldn't ag- say it's better than Sean. I Dead. would agree with that, yeah. Dirty Dancing is about a teacher grooming a student. I mean, I think that's Back. absolutely true, yeah. Uh, Quantum of Solace isn't bad. That's, I uh, can't, can't comment can't, on that. Can't get behind that one, unfortunately. Uh, and what, what, Out of interest, what is a Quantum of Solace? Uh, it's a little bit more than a modicum of solace. <laughs> And then we had uh, Tarantino is overrated. Yeah. Do you want to comment? I mean, I know who said it, and I know they don't. Probably, I don't think they actually listen. But if you're listening, Phil, fuck you. <laughs> Classic Phil. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, controversial opinions are. I mean, they they just kind of keep the podcast well ticking, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it would be boring if we didn't have them. I think yeah. that's, that's um, you know. <sighs> that was a big sigh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes as, as, as we talk. Because I think as well, there's... Do you know the thing that always gets me in, in like... It's like on the Twitter threads when someone's like, oh, I'm, I must be the only person in the world that thinks this. And uh, yeah. you're not. Like, you might, be, you might be in the minority, but you're not the only person in the world that there's... thinks this, that, or the other. There's definitely some controversial opinions it's cool to have. Oh, yeah. Because I read, a, I read through <laughs> Can a Can you believe, guys, I've never seen Game of Thrones? Yes. Oh, you know what? I just don't think the Marvel films are for me. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I looked through a couple of Reddit threads of people talking about their controversial opinions, and none of them were really that controversial. Like I said, it's all, it is just people patting themselves on the back thinking they're better than other people yeah. because they don't like popular works mm. of fiction, which doesn't make you better than anyone. Yeah. Try, try having a personality, bro. <laughs> Anything else we need to throw up? What's your most controversial opinion that's not about movies? Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's setting up some like 
really dark humor answers, isn't yeah, it? But I'm not. I'm not going to. Um, yeah. uh, I, I have some quite controversial beliefs around the Welsh residency rule in rugby. Okay. In that, I'm okay with it. Right. Okay. So is that because is that so you get better players because Welsh players aren't very good? Oh, that was mean. Oh, yeah, no. Um, Sorry. So that's not that's not that's not actually the residency rule I meant. What I mean okay. is so to be picked for the Welsh team you have to have either 60 international caps or be playing in Wales. Right, okay. And a lot of people hate that because it means there are some good names which aren't we can't pick anymore and things like that, but I think the only way to get money into Welsh rugby is by having the Welsh talent there, which is then what people are going to go and see, which then puts more money into it, that then improves grassroots rugby, which then allows more players to come through. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's not it is the best answer for a very shitty financial situation. Yeah, but uh, I have been I have been shouted out of Twitter threads for uh, saying I think you know what it's not we can't compare it to uh, you can't even even compare it to the English Premiership or let alone fucking football or something like that. Where it's, uh, as a rule, football teams, well, apart from some, make a profit. <laughs> yeah, and ironically, <laughs> it's a lot of the really rich ones that don't make a profit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I've definitely had some arguments over that. Mm. Um, what about you? Um, so I suppose it's an opinion. I don't know. I think that the reason we ended up with I think I have no idea where this is going. This is really interesting. I think it would have been better for the world if Obama was never elected. And I love Obama. You're well aware of this. Because he does. I, he does love Obama. <laughs> He's got a poster on his wall and everything. <laughs> because I think having eight years of Obama in office led to the rise in populism led to Trump being elected and led to the situation we find ourselves in now. We had a good eight years with Obama in charge, but would our baseline have been more moderate if that never happened? We never had Trump, even though we'd have missed out on Obama. Who was the alternative? Was it the dancing horse guy? Huh? Somebody who went up against Obama so had it... dressage horses. Oh, Okay, I thought you meant a guy who was literally a dancing horse. It sounded like an episode of South no. Park. Romney? Um, huh? Was it Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney, yeah. I'm fairly sure he's a Mormon with a dancing horse. Okay. And which, he... which sounds like a Pixar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, 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 that is a controversial opinion. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Let's see if I can, I can top that, shall I? Uh... And that's also not saying that I don't... I worry that that's put us where we are, but I... Would want like in an ideal world, Obama would still be president. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely been. Uh, yeah, we we do seem to be in the most uh, divisive period yeah. in possibly human history. <laughs> but then again, another interesting thing is that Obama was the first candidate, probably in the Western world, to utilize social media to get elected, and that has also been been a bit of a poison well since. Oh yeah, true. True, and then that Brexit. that brings us on to uh, that. That's another annoying, controversial opinion people have, which I really don't like. Of the, uh, I I know you don't have Facebook, yeah, but people who think not having a social media presence makes them somehow ethically and morally superior. 
Oh, yeah, it doesn't. It's just a personal choice. Is everyone sitting on their phones? It's like, yeah, well, I'm sitting on my phone because I'm talking to my dad. Yeah. Who lives nearly 200 miles away. It's not, it's not quite as simple as, uh, back in my day, we used to, uh, we used to go out playing until, uh, eight, nine at night, and our parents didn't matter, or didn't mind. Didn't matter. Freudian slip. <laughs> um, yeah. Controversy. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there, good. there you go. There's, there's, uh, there's some things for Twitter to deal with later. A bit, bit of politics for the week. And, uh, and, and moving on from that, yes. uh, we will go straight into my movie recommendation nobody asked for. Excellent. I'm looking forward to this because so, I, you need to top last week's. Oh, I mean, and there is actually a connection for this one, to be fair. Hey, excuse uh, me, there was a connection last week. There is actually a less tenuous connection <laughs> than last week. Uh, so I'm definitely going to beep out parts of this. Okay. My, my idea was, obviously, we're talking about controversial opinions. Yeah. So obviously, my movie recommendation is going to be the most controversial film I could find. So, I was, to the point I wrote substantial notes on it, going to do... Oh, God. However, after writing those notes, I couldn't bring myself to talk about it. <laughs> Let alone have it down as a recommendation. Are you, no, I, I could not, in good faith, recommend that no. film to anyone. Are you, going, are, you, are you going for another controversial film? Then? Yes. Are you going for one that you've seen, or no? Yes. Okay. Is yeah. it Sallow? No, I haven't seen that. No, I, I no, wondered I if you had really I, to. I don't really want to no. either. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm not going to pick. Okay. Uh, instead, God. I am picking 1980s Cannibal Holocaust. Ah, yeah. So We've Cannibal... spoken about this in the. We have. Before. So, we have mentioned it before. So, Cannibal Holocaust was so violent, the director was arrested on obscenity charges and charged with multiple counts of murder. Yes. <laughs> Due to rumors that he had killed actors. Which uh, is just fuck. It was false and proven false. Yeah. Uh, but the film was then banned in Italy, uh, Australia, the US, Norway, Finland, Iceland, New Zealand, Singapore, and a ton of others. It definitely feels like the reason it's controversial now isn't so much because of the gore, it's because they actually kill animals on screen, including endangered animals. Yeah, lots of them. Uh, seven or eight? Yeah, but like with the monkey thing. Yeah, so they, they, they killed they killed eight animals, but yeah. only seven are shown on yeah. the film because they needed a second take of killing a monkey. Yeah, because they literally slice its face off. Yeah. It is horrendous. Oh, yeah. But it, it's not like... It, it's similar to kind of what I think we talked about with The Exorcist before. Like the gore aspect of it, outside of that. The fake gore, yeah, is... Yeah, yeah it's just... Uh, I don't understand why people lost sleep over this. But also, I think that says more about us. Yeah, and again, it's it's a it's a you know sign of the times thing as well. I think I think obviously stuff has progressed. You know, you've got things like there's there's a level of desensitization when you've had like eight saw movies that have come out. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, so Cannibal Holocaust. I would reckon it is a bit of it is a bit of movie history. Um, yeah. So I I wouldn't recommend it if you are a vegan or a vegetarian. I'll give it a go. It's not bad. Yeah, maybe just try and, you know, cover your eyes with the... Uh, monkey's face. Monkey's... With Dead monkey's, monkey's face. face. Is, that a, is that a suitable alternate? No. No, okay. It wouldn't cover your face. It's only a little monkey. You've, got, right. you've got a big head. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll let mum know. <laughs> so if, um, if people don't want to watch the slaughter of seven innocent animals... Um, is there anything else that you could recommend this week? Uh, yeah, so if you, if you want to avoid 
uh, the slaughter of seven innocent animals, uh, I would recommend a film that only really features the slaughter of one. And that is Ariaster's. I'm not even going to hype up as if people think I'm going to pick something else. It's Midsummer. Of course it's fucking Midsummer. Everybody should have watched Midsummer by now. It, it wasn't banned. No. It doesn't actually kill any animals in. No. Uh, it kind of features cannibalism. Yeah, it does. In a way. Um, it's just a, it's a fucking great film, and that is not a controversial opinion. No, it's the only uncontroversial opinion we're going to have all episode. Yes, and uh, and on that note, then on that note, let's uh, let's dive headfirst into the controversy. 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 With your first choice. Thank you, sir. So my first choice. I don't think so. This is centered around the the quality of a film in a series, and I don't necessarily think there's any controversy around whether or not this is the is a good film. I think it's widely regarded as a very good piece of cinema. I think the controversy, in my opinion, here is that it is the best film from a. It's not necessarily from a studio, but from a. Um, I'm struggling for the correct word as well. IP. Yes, that works. Yeah. Um, so I was going to go with thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a film that I've I've spoken about previously, but happy to wax lyrical about it again. Um, it is Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and my controversial opinion is that it is the best film that Marvel have created, hands down. I'm including all of the MCU and everything in that. So any the 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 best film based on a Marvel property. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just, just getting our caveats sorted out. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's you know it, it's it's one of those films that is it comes around very rarely. The animation style is something we've talked about at length before. Is just phenomenal. The soundtrack is great. You've got an amazing cast. Nicholas Cage is in it. It's it's very cleverly done in terms of how they approach sort of the the multiverse. If anything, probably the first glimpse that we're getting at a multiverse in the series of films that is going towards that. So it's kind of groundbreaking in that aspect. But I imagine, and I think if you talk to a lot of people about what's your favourite Marvel film, it's not necessarily going to chart there because people will probably go back to, and in a lot of scenarios where I've spoken to people about this, it's usually Endgame or it's Infinity War. Black Panther is up there. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is up there and look don't get me wrong they're all fantastic films and I like all of them um, if we're talking purely MCU I would say Thor is probably my favourite Thor Ragnarok is probably my favourite MCU film I would also say and maybe this is even more of a this might even be a more controversial opinion than my first one is that the best thing in the MCU is not any of the MCU films it's WandaVision hmm. <laughs> that's uh one division is definitely up there, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to. That's a tough one. Uh, I I've literally just pulled. I'm going to do a hilarious bit in a minute, and you're going to hate it, and I'm going to drag it out so long it's not going to be funny. But yeah, one division is definitely up there. Loki was very very good as well. Um, I don't know how much of that is them having the time to tell a story over that. If that makes sense. Yeah, potentially. And you, because you've like, got... just it's a new format, so it seems fresh. Yeah. Um, I would definitely film wise. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok's definitely up there. Yeah, uh, Winter Soldier's definitely up there. Guardians of the Galaxy is probably up there as well. 
Yeah, I would say so. Um, and then Infinity War is just fucking insane. Do you know what the first film based on first live action feature film based on a Marvel property was? Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, 1986. So you're saying Into the Spider Verse is better than Howard the Duck? <laughs> I am saying Into the Spider Verse. Cool. What about Blade? Duck. You're saying it's better than Blade? Yeah, I'm saying it's better than Blade. <laughs> cool. So X Men. You're saying it's better than X Men. <laughs> I'm saying it's better than X Men. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Blade Two. You're saying it's better than Blade Two? Yes. Cool. You're saying it's better than Spider Man 2002? Uh, yes. That's cool. Uh, you're saying it's better than Dead. Well, of course, it's better than Dead. Better than X Two? Yeah. Better than Hulk? Yeah. Better than The Punisher? Yeah. Better than Spider Man Two? Yeah. Better than Blade Trinity? How long are we doing this for? As long as I want. Better than Electra? <laughs> is it better? I've had I've had bowel movements that are better than Electra. Yeah, Jesus Christ, this is a depressing list uh, early on, isn't it? <laughs> X Men: The Last Stand. Yes. Ghost Rider. Yes. Spider Man Three. Yes. Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> and then we're into Iron Man. Then the MC. No wonder that fucking rights reverted. That yeah. is a clusterfuck of a run. Yeah. Blade is great though, isn't it? Oh, it's great. Uh, Prince Charles is doing a double bill just before Halloween. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. That, that could be worth a look. But yeah, I the just... Incredible Hulk. You're saying it's better than Incredible Hulk? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those... I mean, I think it's one of the few like perfect 10 films in my eyes outside of, you hmm. know, even if it's take, taken out of context of it being a Marvel or comic property. And yeah, I, I, I can't fault it. I've, I think, as I said before, I watched it. I went back to the cinema to watch it a total of four occasions. I can't remember any other film I've done that for. I don't think outside maybe one or two that I've ever seen more than once in the cinema. At um, least in their theatrical release. No. For sure, yeah. Yeah. I believe the kids would say it slaps. <laughs> uh, kids are weird. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to... It's a tough one. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely my favourite Spider-Man film. Yeah. It's definitely, it, uh, yeah, it's tough. I think I agree with you. Yeah. But also, I don't know. It's definitely a controversial thing to say. Yeah. And I think because there's so much, then people are very invested in the MCU, and this is technically outside the MCU. I think that is probably where the controversy lies. Plus, it being an entirely animated feature, which for some people perhaps is not their cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but to those people, I say, Fuck your cup of tea. Watch, uh, watch Spider Verse. Guaranteed way to get burnt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, unless it's iced tea, oh, but yeah. sometimes he doesn't like that. <laughs> Fair, but yeah, just oh, it's great. And I think I, I I've spoken about this before, but there's some of the stuff with the the mixing of the sound where there's I I need to find the video. I watched ages ago, and I've I've not been able to find it since. But they're literally watching a scene and mixing to the scene. Yeah, and it's just like I. Again, I don't know. My my mind can't comprehend how you would even go about doing that. It's very interesting to see what they do with No Way Home, because they're yeah very clearly bringing the the Spider Verse to that. Because I don't think Into the Spider Verse would have worked as a live action film. I think the reason it's so good is because it plays with. Oh God, this is a wanky thing to say. Uh, I think Spider Spider Man's the Spider Verse uh, works so well because it kind of plays with the animated medium. If you know what I mean, right? Right, yeah, but uh, mixing styles, but also, oh, <laughs> but also you're right, and also it's it just uh, like the animation, like you're right. It, there's a lot of different animated styles that mix, but also just the general animation of the film in the like universe that they are uh, all come to. I mean, it's it's so 
I don't know, is stylized the right word? Because I don't know, stylized can sometimes have some negative connotations, but it's it's just done in a style that is so slick and so cool. I'd love to see more like it. I mean, I I'm so hyped for the sequel. Have they announced much about that, or is it all rumours at this point? Because um, I keep no, that's saying a, that's like, a Fleetwood Mac album. Ah, that's where I always get wrong. Because uh, then all... you want Spider Man go your own way, right? Yeah, go your own way, and uh, and the chain. Something about a landslide. All I know, all I've seen on it is it's coming in 2022, and it's got um, Spider Man 2099. Yeah. Outside of that, don't really know too much about it, and trying my best to um, to kind of avoid as much as possible. Yeah, it's definitely one of those films I know I would enjoy it more going in blind, but I also want to know absolutely everything I can find about it. Because uh, deep down, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> but yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Best Marvel film around. Uh, if you don't agree, fight me. I'm going to... So my choice is kind of start... I'm going to start quite broad. So this isn't about a specific movie. This is about movies in general. So there is a prevailing narrative in the movie-going public that the number of remakes and reboots means Hollywood is lazy and they suck. and everything is going to the shitter. And I am here to argue my controversial opinion that remakes are not a bad thing. Okay. So there's a definite thing of like, everyone seems to think back to like the good old days where every film was an original property and everyone had all these crazy, wacky, out there ideas. And then suddenly we're in a world where everything is being remade. And sure, there are a lot more remakes coming out, but I don't think that's bad like people seem to use remake as a shorthand for a lazy shit film yeah i i I mean i think i think the problem is and the reason why that opinion prevails is there are a lot of them that fall into that category however you know we spoke about some of our favorites before like evil dead for example i think is fantastic yeah exactly and it's there's a way there's a way to remake something that makes sense. So it can breathe uh, fresh life into a story. It can bring it to a new audience. It might be that that story, for one reason or another, has become more relevant in the time we're in. Yeah. Um, which also then means different areas of the story come into focus. Like I, I don't agree with the Psycho-style shot-for-shot remake. I think that is more of a fucking school exercise. <laughs> than anything else but that there, there are there is a, a distinct place and purpose for a remake even when you come to like i don't necessarily think we should be remaking every single popular non-english language film because people should just be reading subtitles it's not that was it uh the director of parasite uh said once you get over reading like the, the two inch subtitles it yeah. opens up a whole new world of uh, cinema for you. And I mean, right now, the most popular thing on Netflix is a Korean TV series. Yeah, this this is very true. But also, there are people who Parasite has a lot to say. Well, Parasite, for example, has a lot to say about like class and things like that. And that is definitely a very English problem as well. So I don't necessarily see the issue with remaking something like that if you are grounding it in a different 
a kind of a different background and a different story. So you're not just remaking it, like taking the script and remaking it again. There is a way to tell that story for a different audience. And I think that's quite, quite interesting. And like you kind of touched on yourself, like everyone always says, you know, remake remakes is shorthand for a shit lazy film, but there are good ones there. So for a bit of a controversial opinion within a controversial opinion, yeah. I don't necessarily think the female-led Ghostbusters was bad. I think it was quite funny. I think a lot of people decided they hated it before they saw it, if they even did. It wasn't just a gender-swapped Ghostbusters. They were their own characters who were Ghostbusters. Chris Hemsworth was in it. I'm surprisingly really funny. But yeah, that was good. You've then got A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born. <laughs> Possibly A Star Is Born. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven was a remake of the 1960s Ocean Elevens. The Departed was a remake of a Korean film called Infernal Affairs. You had the Dawn of the Dead remake, The Fly. Scarface was a remake of a 1932 film. True Lies was a French film called La Totale. The Birdcage was a French film from the 70s called La... Called something. I'm not going to butcher the French language anymore. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors yeah. was a remake of just a straight lace satire film. Can we get that in French? Petite... Le Petit Chopé de Boutique, Boutique de Holler. Uh, the Mummy. Sorry to any of yeah. French listeners out there. Uh, the Mummy. So I'm talking specifically about the Brendan Fraser film, which was a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake of whatever it was. Uh, the Thing, podcast favourite. Yeah. Remake of The Thing from Another World from the 1951. Uh, Dune is already in the IMDb Top 250. Yeah. Um I know there I know there is there's obviously a line, so like the thing and Dune are based on books that already had movies on, but to the movie going public they're remakes. Like, yeah. I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch of the imagination to refer to them as remakes. It's um, also interesting that some of the remakes that are held in the highest regards are remakes that people don't necessarily know are remakes. Because I would say a lot of people don't necessarily know Scarface as a remake. Yeah. Um probably the same with Ocean's Eleven. I think uh, tr- uh, not hardly anyone knows True Lies was. Yeah, well, Departed, all of these ones. Like I think, and I I wonder if the either the um the language change mm. or the recency factor, i.e., you're remaking a film that was only came out ten fifteen years ago. Yeah. If that plays in more to the like, oh well, people are going to prejudge these things before they see them versus something that was i don't know 50 years ago don't necessarily know it's a remake don't necessarily have those preconceptions and we'll go into it and enjoy it for what or or not enjoy it for what it is yeah exactly and it's i I think a lot of those preconceptions play into it as well like i said kind of with ghostbusters especially or if there's any fucking like uh what's just come out now is hellraiser they've cast pinhead and it's a woman and people hate it but it's a demon with pins in its head yeah. from an alternate dimension. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it literally doesn't matter. But there are already people who have decided they don't like that film and the cameras haven't started rolling on it because it's a remake and because it's kind of subverted their view of the film. But the reason... the the reason remakes are, the reason remakes can be bad isn't because they're a remake it's because they've been lazily done and they're just bad films yeah. so the script would be bad 
it was rushed there was no need to remake it which is definitely an issue but the problem isn't that it's a remake it was part of its other things around it which mean it shit and it is unfair to tarnish the concept of a remake with that shitty toilet brush yeah i i, I can i can get on board with that i do think I, I think there is probably an overwhelming amount that caused that problem mm. and maybe that's where that address needs to be where that this needs to be addressed but ultimately yeah remake doesn't equal bad it's execution um, but unfortunately so not all remakes are bad but all bad remakes are remakes yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah, yeah that's a, that's that's a, that's a fair argument completely yeah, but that but do you know what i mean i, I get i get I, I get the uh the the linguistic device you're trying to do but i don't think it really applies because of course all bad remakes are remakes because they're remakes yeah but all, all good remakes are also remakes <laughs> okay do you know what? I haven't got the capacity to try and <laughs> figure this one out today. I'm, I've clocked out for the uh, for the day. So that's fair. Graham is once again going on holiday, so I think he's uh, <laughs> entering holiday mode. But there was kind of a second point of this argument as well, in that Hollywood laziness. Everyone's doing remakes. There aren't original ideas out there anymore, and that's also bullshit. So just because remakes are being made doesn't mean original films aren't being made. So we've talked at length about Psycho Goreman. Yeah. Uh, Shudder just added a film about a killer pair of trousers. Parasite, Promising Young Woman, Sorry to Bother You is a film that exists. Yeah, and like, that is a, a very unique and original idea. Yeah, and like you can still find original films. If anything, yeah. it's easier to find original films now. But Well, and we'll come on to this in my next point. Huh. But the reason there's a lot of remakes is because there's a lot of content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they haven't... Original films haven't stopped existing because there's a lot of remakes and and sequels as well. But, like, obviously, from a business point of view, it's always seen as a... You know, you can get a little bit more marketing money for that because it's seen as a bit of a safer investment. Yeah. But, so if you want original films, you can find fucking original films. You can also find some incredible remakes that otherwise you will just completely write out anyway. But, yeah... Remakes. I like remakes. remakes. Some of my favourite films are remakes. I'll continue to watch remakes. I find them interesting. And everybody seems to disagree with me. So, so far, we're two for two on controversial opinions we agree with each other on. Yep. <laughs> this is more... Uh, well, obviously, we're going to... Because we're, uh, we're a team. Yeah. So, we're a, we're a double act. So, I feel like we should be... We're a controversial double act. We, um, we agree with 90% of what the other person says. Yeah. But the 10% is violent and vicious. <laughs> <laughs> and mostly based around um, musical theatre in the 90s. Yes. Um, so my next choice, as I mentioned, it kind of follows on from a few of the points that you were talking about and making then, particularly around the amount of movies that are coming out. Um, and I guess this is kind of twofold in that the... I'll just lay it out on the table and then we can kind of dissect it. So I think that ultimately streaming is bad for the consumer of movies and cinema for two reasons. One is that it is creating too much content. I think there's too much content out there and there's too much shit to sift through. And two... Yes, and I know you're counting all the streaming things that I have memberships to. Oh, no, no I'm counting the things I have memberships oh, okay. to. okay. And two, it is creating an economy that 
the the whole idea and one of the big draws of streaming in the early days was oh I don't have to pay ninety pound a month for Sky I can pay six pound for Netflix but then I'm paying six pound for Netflix but then I also pay eight pound for Amazon Prime and then I pay six pound for Netflix eight pound for Amazon Prime and then seven pound for Disney Plus and then I also do it for whichever new streaming platform comes out next yeah yeah um and we're kind of creating a scenario obviously like you know netflix isn't the same as a single channel so you're not paying six pound for a channel as it were but because there's a lot more content than just on one channel but you are getting to a scenario where ultimately if you want access to all of the content you're gonna need to have a package that's similar to a sky package 10 years yeah. ago where you're paying 90 pound a month the golden age of streaming definitely feels like it's over so i was counting i think i have six different subscriptions to things i have i have netflix yeah prime apple tv yeah disney plus yeah i have shudder yeah uh i have NFL game pass which isn't film well there's documentaries on it so fuck it i'll count that in the list and then i'm sure that i also have broadway hd <laughs> So I I only I think I only have the main one. So Netflix, Amazon, Disney, that's it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I use your Apple TV. Yeah. Don't tell. Who's who's in charge of Apple now? What's his name? Tim Cook. Steve don't, Jobs don't, ghost. Don't, don't tell Tim Cook or it's Steve, Steve Jobs. Steve, Steve ghost. Jobs floating in the like, like the Batman and Robin woman. Just in a massive watery <laughs> tube, frozen but not frozen. Yeah um just a bit bit damp but yeah i think um and look don't get me wrong i think early days of streaming like you say like if we want to call it the golden age of streaming it was fantastic for probably for the consumer it also did a good job in you know i, I think we've spoken about it before but there are benefits to streaming in that you're not constrained by <clears throat> you're not constrained by specific lengths of episodes so particularly with things like sitcoms and stuff and think back to stuff like scrubs and whatnot there was you know every episode of scrubs had to be a certain length of time because they had to do stuff for the adverts i yeah. think there are genuinely some episodes where things would like sped up in terms of like the filming to make it fit and yeah. that's not a good experience for the person watching it but it satisfies the advertisers i need to see american way of adverts because they'd fit three advert breaks into a half hour show yeah yeah and they do it in a really interesting way because the place that they don't have adverts is in between the two shows Hmm. so one episode of a show would finish and the next episode of the show would start without an advert so it keeps you watching because you don't leave because it's adverts yeah and then it goes there's like five minutes then it's an advert then there's an advert halfway through there's an advert five minutes before the end then you go from episode one into episode two again it's 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 very weirdly jarring yeah, but also it is it is a very clever way of doing it because it keeps people glued to glued to the content. And look, let's be fair. One of the other benefits of streaming is that you're ad free, at least for now. I'm sure that will change in the future. I, maybe it's well, my not all not not all is ad free. Cynical hat on. Uh, no, what what's going well, on? No, like um, the biggest uh the biggest streaming service in terms of content, I'm fairly sure, is all four. Okay, yeah. But then and, again, you're not paying anything for it. Oh, that. no, no, true. But it's still a, a streaming service. Yeah, yeah. And because there's stuff on there, it arguably isn't going to be like Father Ted's not on Netflix. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just try, not not going to lie. 
I said that in the hope it manifests because <laughs> so many random sh- so so much happens after we've mentioned it on the podcast that I thought I would just throw that out into the yeah, world and see okay. what happens. If it does happen, I'm calling us wizards and we're just ending it now. <laughs> it, the next podcast episode will just be top three things we want. Yeah, well, not we, even not even films. It'll no, just be no, us just, saying, "Yeah, uh, the Euromillions winning numbers, please." But yeah, I so. Oh fuck it, let's go for it. Uh, how many numbers is the Euro Millions? Uh, oh, is it six and then two lucky stars? I think. All right. No, you can't do this because if we don't then buy a ticket <laughs> and these numbers come up, it's one hundred and seventy million pounds tonight. So it's I six. would top myself. So it's six numbers. Yeah. All right. One fifteen. No, Ian. <laughs> Ian, don't do no, it. We're not. We're not playing this game. We're not okay. playing this game. <laughs> No. <laughs> because also my, my, I would buy a ticket if it did win because I did this my ego would know no end <laughs> I would be convinced I was Christ oh, that's, a, that's a very ego-centered thing for me to say <laughs> something that's going to go out into the public world um, oh it's like that is the, the Bo Burnham song where he's like um, there's some things that uh, you know have been misconstrued in my acts people think I, I know better than other people think people think I'm better than other people um, but anyway, here's a song from the perspective of God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, back back to the case in point. I think that there is there's too much content and it is not good for the consumer in the fact that A, the quality is hurt and B, we are in no better scenario. And I think we're going towards a worse scenario potentially than when it was kind of a Sky package or a cable package that you paid for. A certain amount of money because i'll be fair i still have a sky package as well mainly for the sports okay so is your is your argument there are too many streaming servers i think well too that factors into it yeah i think there's but as a result of that it hurts the consumer and there's too much content so why why is too much content a bad thing because too much content for me means that there's more bad content it gets created okay uh, discoverability of good content is hard, and Al- also algorithms. that's what the algorithms and for. also discoverability of the diamonds in the rough as well. Okay, not not to make it too glass half empty, glass half full kind of approach. I like that. There, I I my argument against that would be that it has made filmmaking a lot more accessible. So one of the reasons I think there's more content is because the very process of... Fuck, this is a wanky episode, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the process of making a film has kind of been democratised. <sighs> so you can make a high-quality film on a much lower budget than you could even five, ten years ago. So I think one of the reasons there's a lot more content, and then because Netflix are just throwing money around and stuff like that, it, a lot of it ends up on streaming services... Yeah, that's... I, I think that's quite. A, I think that's a positive. And yeah, but good if, for the consumer. But also, if it's not good, then it's not a positive. Oh no, true. But you you had bad films before. Uh... Yeah, but you had Sh- Showgirls wasn't a Netflix original. But you had less. Yeah, but it would have been. <laughs> I I th- I I, could, I I think Prime. I think it would have been Prime. <laughs> but yeah, and I just um, it's just that info like. I don't know. And it, it goes across films and TV shows, right? I, so I watched Clickbait last weekend. The, the film, not just uh, random like YouTube videos. Yeah, not just, um, 
<laughs> you're not just like and ten for more things stuff. you should watch. Yeah, no, and it was um, it, yeah, the series on Netflix, and it was um, it was atrocious. Like, and there's so much of this stuff to sift through. And as someone that doesn't spend, I don't spend a lot of time for <laughs> for someone who is on a movie podcast. I don't spend a lot <laughs> of time watching stuff. If I, I think I was having this conversation the other day, like I will specifically make time to watch certain movies and things yeah. like that. But I, I don't find myself, I'd say, I don't know, of a week, I'd probably watch, at the moment, I'd make sure I watch Taskmaster, Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and then, I don't know, sport. But yeah. I don't actively, and so if I sit down to watch something, I want to know I'm watching something that is good. I don't want to spend forever searching through, like, We've all done it. We've all spent more time searching through Netflix than oh, watching I need to Netflix. watch something you've watched before. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been, I, I'm the opposite. I've recently taken to working while there's a film on. So I've been averaging two films a day for like two weeks. Yeah. So, so I, I just, I couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, you have to, it has to be a very specific type of film. Right. So it has to be either something you've seen before yeah. or something that's quite predictable which is why I've kind of fallen into watching sports films, because generally you know kind of what the plot of a... It doesn't matter if you're not paying attention. You yeah, can kind yeah. of dip in and dip out of it. The plucky, plucky underdogs. They're going to win. See some adversity. It yeah. looks like maybe they won't, but then eventually they do. Yay, ice hockey. <laughs> Yay. Um, Yay, it's the water boy. Wonder. Oh, no, he's, he's dropped out of college. I wonder, what's, wonder, wonder what he's going to do. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's my... Second controversial opinion is that the way that streaming services have gone and are going is bad for the consumer. Um, and yeah, things are probably going to get worse. My next choice then, and this is a choice I have had actual arguments about and have been told to stop talking about. So I, I am here today because uh, I live here. Uh, but also to argue that 2017's Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi wasn't a bad film and was actually quite good. Yeah, I mean this this is this is a tough one. So, uh, The Last Jedi is possibly the most divisive. Well, no, it is by far the most divisive Star Wars film. It's probably one of the most divisive films of the last like ten years. Yeah. It was very polarizing. There was very little coming from kind of the middle ground. Mm -hmm. So it's directed by Rian Johnson, who is an incredible director. We've already talked about Knives Out at length on the podcast. Yeah. He did Brick. He's very, very talented. And then, you know, when his name got attached to a Star Wars film, you know, everyone, and by everyone I mean at least me, thought it was going to be, you know, something, if not special, something a bit out there like you you knew he wasn't going to kind of just tow the party line kind of thing because he's a named director it's the same with uh taika watiti isn't you're going to just make a run-of-the-mill superhero so, yeah, yeah so the last jedi is interesting so on rotten tomatoes it holds a 91 percent which puts it at fourth in the Star Wars saga in terms of Rotten Tomatoes score. So interesting. Empire is number one, New Hope, Force Awakens at three, and then yeah, The Last Jedi that. at four. Okay. Um 
but it has an audience score of 42%, which is the lowest across, across the entire saga. Is, is part of that the whole, like, you, when you had, like, the, the bombing of ratings of, like, Captain Marvel because so people I, didn't want a female-fronted I think it definitely movie. plays into it, so we'll kind of go... There was a, a weird backlash against it. Yeah. Uh, which, funnily enough, ties a bit into WandaVision. <laughs> but it kind of blew my mind a bit because a lot of people watched Force Awakens and complained it was exactly the same as A New Hope and was just a rehash of previous films. Yeah. And then The Last Jedi comes along, completely subverts a lot of expectations, takes things in a completely new direction, and people then complain it's not Star Wars enough. And it's too different. You're never... Yeah, you're never going to have... You're going to piss people off regardless of what you do. Then Rise of Skywalker came along, completely rewrote and retconned all the changes Ryan Johnson made, and then people complained about that as well. So basically, Star Wars fans will never be happy about anything. Oh, I, and I think that's one of the constants of the universe. Oh, that is not a controversial opinion. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved some of the choices that were made in The Last Jedi. I absolutely love the idea that the main character wasn't related to anyone. Yeah. Like, it seemed like such an interesting story beat to have The Force Awakens build her up to think her parents are something. Um, that she is, inverted commas, special, and then she gets told her parents were nobodies and they left, you know, she was basically abandoned on this planet to pay off a debt. I think that is really interesting because that then makes the character arc so much more... She has come from nothing to be this, like, galaxy-saving force. Is is part of the issue that people take with that, and I... I... I don't necessarily take this issue, but it's part of the issue that people take with this is this is the Skywalker saga and therefore it should be tied in. True, but it is. So it can still be the Skywalker saga because you've got Ben, ben Solo is a part yeah. of the Skywalker family. Like it is, a, it could still be a continuation of the Skywalker arc because you basically had Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. Yeah. The Darth Vader story. Yeah. And then the legacy of Darth Vader. So for me, that all the the Skywalker isn't necessarily Luke, it isn't necessarily Leia, it isn't necessarily you know, it's the whole everything that's spawned out of kind of this family. But I like that she's not related to a space wizard. I thought that was a very like bold way to take a franchise that likes to have you know, Game of Thrones is the only other one that likes to have everyone. <laughs> related star wars is up there though. so you like the fact and you know obviously because these these films are basically the same that she's basically hermione she doesn't have any uh exactly she's a muggle yeah she's a muggle she is a muggle jedi yeah yeah exactly i like that throwback um they also then made a very surprising for me decision to kill off the big bad guy they've been setting up yeah like i thought that was it legitimately came out of the blue. I thought it was really clever because, again, you're watching... After watching Force Awakens, you thought you knew everything that was going to happen. Yeah. And then they... As soon as that happened, I had no idea where the series was going. And that is the first time I've had that with Star Wars. That's the end of that sentence. That is the first time I've had that with Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. People, including Mark Hamill, weren't happy with how Luke Skywalker was portrayed in it. But again... I thought it was really interesting because in the end, he's a man who defeated an empire by having faith that was good in Darth Vader. And they won. And then within a few decades, 
another evil empire had come along. Like, it makes sense that you'd be a bit kind of beaten down and kind of doubtful about how things were going. And for me, it makes sense for the character to momentarily... If you just have him as, like, this perfect paragon of goodness, it's fucking dull. Yeah. Like, having him have this doubt, which then made Kylo Ren kind of become who Kylo Ren is, for me, is a fascinating kind of, again, step on a, on a journey. Because, obviously, he is going to think, oh, shit, he might become another space Hitler. Maybe I do deal with it. And then you also had people talking about how, like, force projections, the whole force projection bit came out of nowhere. But... Also, in Return of the Jedi, Force Lightning came out of everywhere. Like, a lot of the Force stuff is just written to fit the story. And people are fine when it's anything else, but they will add it to a list of things they don't like when they can. Yeah. And, and yeah, I thought it was, it was a very unique and bold way to take the trilogy. I, I don't think it is an angle anyone thought would be made. You can't say that the film was boring. It's not perfect, but... I don't get people... It's not this, like, franchise-destroying film. And the problems with the new saga, of which there are many, aren't on The Last Jedi. They aren't on Rian Johnson. It's that they set out to make a cohesive trilogy, but didn't put anybody in charge of making it a trilogy. Yeah, they needed a Feige, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. You need a showrunner. You can't set out to make a trilogy with three completely different directors and give them complete free reign over the story. Yeah. Especially when you've got someone like Rian Johnson who completely, like, knives out, completely subverts the murder mystery genre. Yeah. Um, well, again, you're, you're kind of going back to what we were saying the other week about it, it becomes the game where you write a sentence, yeah. fold it over and hand it on to the next director. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then The Last Jedi ruined Rise of Skywalker because... Disney listened to fans and decided to retcon everything from The Last Jedi, which then meant that Rise of Skywalker wasn't a film. It was trying to retroactively answer stuff. And the problem with that is then, if you don't have a plan, any reveal is unearned and comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Because The Last Jedi was written that Rey was nobody. So in The Rise of a Skywalker, where she's suddenly fucking Palpatine's granddaughter or something, there was literally nothing in The Last Jedi that set that up. Yeah. Which means it comes out of nowhere, which means it's unearned. You need... I'm not saying that you need to have the... Again, the, the Feige approach is the way to go. You, don't, you can have three separate directors, but they have to answer to somebody controlling the overarching story. Otherwise, you are going to have films like this that feel a bit disjointed in terms of the trilogy because that's just what he is. And another kind of reason thing that pisses me off with the reception to The Last Jedi is similar to WandaVision, audience seem to get so attached to their own fan theories about things that when that didn't happen, that becomes the film being shit. So it's nearly become a meme with WandaVision that everyone was like, oh, well, it's Mephisto. He's the one behind everything. Yeah. And then when it wasn't, it was like, oh, well, it it's, hasn't stuck the landing. It's rubbish. It's like, no, no, no. It's just, it's not what you thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously it was Agatha all along. Exactly. He's getting a spinoff. Is it? Yeah. Nice. And then also, again, not to go too much into uh, people being the worst 
there was a crazy backlash against Kelly Marie Tran, who played uh, Rose. Uh, Rose, and that was just that was a proper we can't have nice things. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the Finn and Rose side story was objectively crap but it doesn't mean that you go down that route. It's the same yeah. with like the, the whole thing with the guy who played Captain America in, at the beginning of Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier. He got loads of hate. From, uh, that's Mr. Yeah. Kurt Russell's son, who was his full name. <laughs> he got all of the hate from it. Yeah, ex- because exactly. Because of his portrayal. Yeah. But also, he was playing the character that he was... You weren't meant to like that Captain well, uh, America. actor who plays Joffrey. Yeah. It's like, it's not, he's not unlikable. The character is. And it turns yeah. out he's very good at playing it. But that, and um, that's the thing. If you're a good actor and you're playing an unlikable character, then you should come across as unlikable. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's yeah, I, I the whole Finn and Rose thing. It, it, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but also there's a lot of failings from the Last Jedi which could have been resolved if they stopped pretending the film didn't exist in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really interesting. It legitimately kept you on your toes because you didn't know what was going to happen. Happen. I thought it was bold. I thought it was a borderline brave thing to do with a franchise like that as well. And I think if they'd ran with it, the, the trilogy itself would have been a lot better. Because the last thing you can do, or the last thing you should do with the third in a trilogy is rewrite the second. I, I really liked it. I enjoyed watching it the first time. And then I got really confused when people hated it when I left. I, I mean, I, I didn't like it, but I didn't. I, I'm not like militantly against it, if that makes sense. And you but are then, rare. I don't. I also, I also don't really like any of the. Force Awakens is okay because it just felt like I was rewatching. Well, Force Awakens hope. felt like an apology letter, and I needed one. Yeah, but the rest of it was like, yeah, take it or leave it. Outside of like. Rogue One, I think I've said before, is my favourite Star Wars movie. Outside of that, I've not really been blown away by anything they've done at a cinematic level for a while. I didn't really yeah. like... Solo, again, was like, eh, it's okay. Didn't love it. Yeah, Solo was good. I'm, glad, I'm glad it's there. Mandalorian was fantastic. Yeah. And actually, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's the better route for them to go. Let's tell stories that aren't like not they're not canonical because they are but they're not focused in the skywalker saga well, that that that's what's interesting with so it sounds like the plan is to have other star wars trilogies yeah not rooted in the skywalkers so i think uh well rian johnson was tied to a trilogy um i think taika watiti has been long mooted to be tied to star wars films yeah uh the guys behind game of thrones have been tied to them but yeah i think there's the, the 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 only way for Star Wars to go from now is to decouple from this mythos. I I think they need to view it as it is a, which they are doing. To be fair, is it it's a world, and you just have stories set in the world. Yeah, I, we, I we've told so. we've told the overarching plot now. Let's just have fucking. It'll be called something like a te- or was it a Star Wars story or something like that? Um, yeah, so right, the Rogue One and those ones are Star Wars story, and then like the it's is it like the Book of Boba Fett and things like yeah. that for some of the series things. But... Yeah, if, if you if you keep just the films being a Star Wars story, I would lap that shit up because yeah. it's a very very well thought out world. 
But yeah, I liked The Last Jedi. That's the end of that sentence as well. I know we spoke about not treading old ground, um, but you know, there's we can't have an episode on controversial opinions without talking about a certain someone, a well-trodden path and a well-known fact that um, I have an there's an element of mega loathing for a Mr. William Smith. Uh, that's not his name. Is it not? No, it's Willard. Willard Smith. Willard Smith. I mean, if I didn't like the, I didn't dislike the guy anymore. Could not dislike the guy anymore. Um, Will Smith. I cannot stand the guy. Um, we've spoken about it many, many times, and uh, I think like, I um, we again we've spoken about the root causes for this in some instances as well. But I would say overwhelmingly so is just the the opportunities that this guy has been given to make some really cool shit and turned it down for awful, awful movies. It's the only reason you don't like him because he turned down Neo to do Wild Well, Wild so he turned down Neo to do Wild Wild West, which was, I'm, I'm guessing, was on the basis of A, he was getting paid more money, and B, the Wachowskis wouldn't let him rap the Matrix theme song. Um... <laughs> And he also turned down Django Unchained to do Men in Black 3. And look, I think Jan- Jamie Foxx is fantastic in Django Unchained. But the amount of respect I would have had for Will Smith had he gone, yeah, do you know what? I'm not going to do a cash grab with Men in Black 3, which, let's be honest. Hey, they very clearly had a story they needed to tell <laughs> the world. It wasn't just for money. <laughs> if he went and did... a yeah, Django Unchained, like working under who one of you know Soju Phil, one of the best directors out there, in a role that is kind of quite contrarian to anything that he'd done before. You know, that's that's kind of that's that's the kind of actor I would respect. But no, he went and made Men in Black Three, and I just don't, th- I just don't think he's very good. I don't think he. I, I think for all of the like acclaim people seem to have for him. Is he is is he a good actor? No, yeah, he what he was good in. He was good in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mostly because he was playing Will Smith. Yeah, well, I think he was playing William Smith in that, so a completely different person. I I, I do think there is a bit of the Adam Sandler's to Will Smith in that. I Maybe do, I do think he's a very good actor, but he never seems to pick the films where he has to do that because he was great in Independence Day, playing Will Smith in Plane. He was great in Men in Black playing Will Smith in The Men in Black. He was great in Enemy of the State, playing Will Smith as an enemy of the state. But this is the thing, right? But he could, he had his opportunity, his uncut gems with Django Unchained. He's, I, he, he, he has clearly taken films he thinks would be an uncut gems, and they haven't been. So, like, he was in that concussion movie. Yeah. Which, reading about it sounds like Oscar bait, but it was it was just shit. Oh, I mean, I'd rather have a concussion than watch Will Smith in a film about concussions. Hey. He was good as Ali, though. Haven't seen it. I would say you should, but you shouldn't. What would it take for you to watch a Will Smith film? Like, not, not, a, not, so, Will Smith has been announced in a film. Yeah. What would it take for you to get excited about that? Would it be the director, the writer, what kind of film it was? Yeah, what, I think what would it's, it take? I think it's, um, I think I think probably a combination of those three actually. So 
a director who, like a well-respected director, who's unlike a director that he's worked with before. Um, he's worked with some well-respected, uh, well, well-respected directors. Go on. Uh, Tony Scott did Enemy of the State, which is a legitimately very good film. I seem to remember. See- I, I've seen Enemy of the State. It was okay. For- entirely forgettable. I I I think I think it is underrated. Um, uh, he was also with uh, high-profile director Michael Mann. That's a name people know. Uh, fuck me, this is bleak. <laughs> uh, fuck me. Uh, he was uh he was in a film directed by David Ayer, who is a direct well-respected director. <laughs> But it was Suicide Squad, so we'll ignore that. <laughs> uh, and possibly ends the list. He's worked with Tony Scott. <laughs> but this also says a lot, right? The fact that these big, well-respected directors aren't necessarily picking him up to be part of their movies. As Michael, you know, Michael Bear. Oh, wait. <laughs> I, I would like to see him take a... I, I'd like to see him take a risk. I think that would be it. I think if he took a risk and he went and he played something contrarian to everything that he's done, he played a role that was outside of his wheelhouse in a and actually, you know, he could have done with he could have done that with Django and also still had the commercial side of things. But doing something that wasn't just gonna line his pockets. Yeah. Also I have you know, the to take away from just the acting side of things, like to call your kids to like gender swap your kids with your parents names in a weird way is is also i i can't get on board with that oh never made that connection before (laughs) that's the thing they did yeah it's the thing they did willow though yeah recently yeah her music's been fucking incredible I, I, this is no slight on willow oh no 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 no, no, i just just want to throw it out there because like obviously everyone knew her as whipping her hair back and forth She's now started doing like pop punk heavy shit, and there's a great video of her covering because Jada was in like a proper new metal band in the 90s, and Willow covers one of their songs, and it is legitimately great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will listen, I will listen to that, but also, you know, let's let's just and, and I don't want to cast dispersions on Will Smith's parenting, but he has raised a son who tweeted things such as. How can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? The biggest flex anyone will ever have is dying. The more time you spend awake, the more time you spend asleep. The moment that truth is organized, it becomes a lie. Um, if a bookstore never runs out of a certain book, does that mean that nobody reads it? Or everybody reads it? Uh, do you know what his uh, other son is called? No. Uh, will Smith the Third. Was he Will Smith the second? He was Will Smith Jr. Okay, so he was. So he was, Will, was Willard, I believe, Willard Carroll Smith Jr. Okay. I just. Yeah, Jaden just... Smith, though, to be fair, he said some weird shit. But when I was that age, so did I, but I didn't have Twitter. So I do think he just has. He is a weird kid who that's, has grown up in the public eye. That's, that's fair enough. But, you know, do better, Will. Um. Yeah. So where do you think this? Like, shall, we, shall we just we'll just turn this into like a psychology podcast? Mm-hmm. So where where do you think this hatred for Will Smith came from? 
I don't know because when, it, do, when do you first remembering hating Will Smith? Bizarrely, I really liked Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's not bizarre. Fresh Prince of Bel Air was great. Yeah, but okay. then I think everything post Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I just haven't. So what? What was the ever. first first film you watched post Fresh Prince? I'm not sure. You know, it may well have been Enemy of the State. Okay, <laughs> but like. Okay, the biggest one for me will always be Wild Wild West. That film is offensive. Oh, yeah, but that's not Will Smith's fault. That's because it's a shit film. Yes, but he chose to do it over The Matrix. That is Will Smith's fault. And he chose to do it, I, I believe, entirely on the fact that he could rap the theme song and that he would be paid more money. I'm going to try and come at this as unbiased as I can. If I was offered more money, I would do Wild Wild West now. I mean, it's not like he was short of a few quid at the time. No, but also, like, in in Will Smith's defence, on paper, Wild Wild West sounds incredible. Like, on paper, if so the, the, the plot is, it's set in the fucking... Wild Wild West? Frontier, yeah, Frontier America. It's a remake of a popular TV show. Uh, there's going to be a giant steampunk spider and you're basically a spy. Like, that sounds great. And then the film was shit. Yeah. Well, The Matrix, arguably, could, could have been awful. Yeah, As shown been... by every single other film the director okay, made. Okay, but you've, you've exactly proved my point there, in that he went for the film that sounded great rather than taking the risk on the, like, interesting sci-fi yeah, he, he's taken risks he did men in black 2 bad boys 2 uh men in black 3 bad boys 3 <laughs> Jer- oh god he was in jersey girl i robot yeah yeah uh okay so you you don't think he takes risks no and you can't abide a man who doesn't take risks i I don't think that it, it not necessarily taking risks, but pushing yourself as in your craft. This this sounds more like you're disappointed in Will Smith. I am. I'm extremely disappointed in Will Smith. Did you like just just to speak as the voice of the the listener for this one? Do you like Independence Day? I mean, it's all right. Oh, really? Independence Day's great. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I mean, I Doesn't Jeff on. Goldblum? Ca- is, is there a point where Will Smith can be diluted in a film enough that you would watch it? <laughs> like, is that the point? Like he's so kind of front and center, you can't ignore him in a film. I think that I think that's definitely part of it, right? Because he's a lead in everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, probably. If he was in Django, he's in there with Samuel. Yeah, true, true. Men in Black, first Men in Black. What with Tommy V. Jones? Yeah. Do you like that? I think I probably did, but I was like. But now you're, you, at the time you did, but now your hatred for Will Smith is all encompassing. Yeah, but then also you can kind of, you can forgive him for Men in Black because it's not like, a, you know, it's not like, oh, you could have played Django, but you're doing Men in Black 3. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the problem is, as we all know, is hate leads to suffering. I just want, I don't, don't want Will Smith to ruin things for you. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm perfectly okay. I just and I think maybe it is maybe maybe I am just disappointed in Will Smith and his choices. And look, I it, I would have a very similar take on. I, similarly, with Adam Sandler, to be fair. And maybe maybe if Will Smith did go and make 
you know, something outside of his wheelhouse, something where he pushed the boundaries. Maybe that would make me even more disappointed because I am really disappointed in Adam Sandler that he has phoned in a career when he could be making more movies like Uncut Gems. And are we, am I going to see, would I feel the same about Will Smith if he did something and was fantastic in it? I don't know. And maybe he can't win. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, his next film's quite a risk. He is playing a dad who has pushed his two kids into fame and success. (laughs) Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, uh, he's playing, uh, it's called King Richard, and he's playing father and coach Richard Williams, dad of Venus and Serena. Because obviously, that's the biopic in that story we wanted. Yeah. Look, look, looking at them fucking smashing records everywhere, I always thought, you know what, but I wonder what their dad's like. <laughs> uh, he is doing like a, a slavery film. Okay. Uh, about um, a slave who escapes, which could be interesting. Right. But I, I feel like there's been a lot of films recently where anything, as proved by The Suicide Squad, anything Idris Elba has done in the past five years could have gone to Will Smith. Yeah, I think Idris Elba has kind of supplanted him in the kind of the public consciousness a lot, and he raps. Yeah, and he DJs as yeah. well. Because there's that western coming out with Idris Elba, which I think Will okay. Smith would have been really good for, but he doesn't seem like you said. I don't know if it's a decision or if he is just because his uh his filmography is bleak. Like since 2000, let, let, let's go through. First of all, he produced the Karate Kid, which still infuriates me because it's kung fu. The last. <laughs> The last arguably good film he did was half a good film in I Am Legend. Right. Was so that 2007? I, 2007. I would, I would say the last completely good film he did was 2004's Shark Tale. You mean the film that he's not really in because he's animated? Yeah, but the fish, the fish looks like him, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, look, it's going to come as a surprise to anyone. Um, but it does seem to be quite controversial because apparently no one else gives a shit. But come on, Will, you can do better. Final choice, then. Final choice. Final choice. So we have had 10 actors play Batman. Jesus, have we? Uh, eight of them you would be familiar with. So eight of them you'd be familiar with, and one of those is a technicality. Uh, so... Lewis G. Wilson played him in the 1943 series. Right. Robert Lowry played him in the 1949 series. Can you name the others? Adam West. Adam West. Um, Michael Keaton. Yeah, preferably if you could do it in order, it would save me a lot of time going through the list. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Yep. Val Kilmer. Yep. George Clooney. Yep. Um, what's his name? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Um, ben Affleck. Yep. How many am I missing? Two. Are we counting Robert Patterson? Robert Patterson? One. Um, is it obvious? Uh, it is. It takes a little bit of a leap. Is it the one that's like meant to be him in Joker? No, it is. Oh. Will Arnett in oh, okay. Lego Batman. Lego Batman. Uh, we've also had various actors playing him on TV. So, fuck. Ian Glenn of Game of Thrones fame. So the... I can't remember any Game of Thrones characters. That's weird. Uh, the knight who is like Daenerys' bodyguard. Daenerys' simp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he plays Batman in Titans. Okay. Uh, you've had uh, the voice 
of Batman, so Kevin Conroy, uh, who voices him in a load of... So I think he was the voice in the Arkham Asylum games. Okay. Uh, he has actually played him in the Arrowverse stuff, right? where they go to a universe where it's like an old, bitter Batman. But for me, and uh, t- to end on a controversial note, I, I believe strongly and unironically that the best cinematic version of Batman was in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. I've already talked at length about the Snyderverse and what I feel about them. Uh, Batman vs. Superman is not a very good film. The whole Martha shit is laughable. Jesse Eisenberg is a wrong and terrible choice for Lex Luthor. I think you could have accidentally cast a better one. And in general, it is like a, it is a horrifically messy, messy film. But... Ben Affleck was an incredible Bruce Wayne Batman. He's he's arguably the only Batman who looks like he could actually beat the shit out of you. Yeah, like he's uh, he he swole. No, he's a he's a bulky guy, bulky lad. Yeah, I I, I still haven't watched it because I can't bring myself to watch any of that stuff. But I I I liked the casting when it happened. Yeah. Interestingly, one of my opinions that I didn't go because I didn't want to double up on superhero stuff was um, that we should just delete the dceu and pretend it never happened i yeah all right <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't delete let's start we can keep man of steel Ugh. because no no man of steel i still think has a bit of like last jedi to it in that there were and it to be fair batman vs superman kind of addresses parts of it there is a way to have gone from man of steel into a very interesting multi-series film arc and they decided to rush towards justice league instead yeah. Because Batman vs Superman does what few films do. Marvel have only kind of started doing it as of like Spider Man Homecoming, acknowledging that, um, well, since Age of Ultron and Homecoming, um, are you know acknowledging that a lot of damage is done. Yeah. yeah. So Batman vs Superman opens with Ben Affleck in Metropolis when the the Superman Zod fight is happening. And it is a really interesting scene because you see it from kind of like the ground. Um, so you aren't seeing it cinematically. You're seeing it like it's a disaster movie. So you have uh, Ben Affleck basically running towards uh, like a Bruce Wayne office tower that's about to collapse. And you see Bruce Wayne being just like Bruce Wayne. And Ben Affleck just completely encompasses it. But yeah, I do think there was, yeah, I, I think we, we can scrap it. Or just acknowledge it's not going to... Well, we don't have to scrap it. Yeah. Because the Flashpoint movie is coming out. And I'm fairly sure they're going to do some Star Trek-style timey-wimey bollocks to just kind of start again. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Because like, there, there have been some... Like, I, I got on record before, I really enjoyed Aquaman. That could have been a controversial opinion from the sounds of it. Shazam was good. Shazam was good, yeah. Um, I'll, give, I, I'll give you that. But yeah, like Birds of Prey was fun. Suicide, like since since DC have stopped trying to create a over over a, a universe and just focused on series, I think they've been a lot better. Yeah, I and I I can agree with that. Maybe it's it, maybe it's the DC up to a point because I do I really like Birds of Prey. Yeah. So post basically we we want to forget Justice League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is which is fair, but specifically. I want to talk about the warehouse fight scene. For me, the, the warehouse fight scene is comparable to Rogue One's Vader corridor scene. Mm-hmm. So it took 
Rogue One for us to see how terrifying Darth Vader is. Like actually seeing him at like the peak of his power and you understood why people were afraid of him. And the, yeah. the warehouse scene does similar for Batman in that it is Batman at his most Batman. So he's to to to. I mean, I I, I was going to say to ruin Batman vs Superman. That was done before I started talking about it. Uh, <laughs> after learning again, again, it's the kind of film. Parts of it are so bad it sounds like I'm joking. After learning that Superman's mum is named Martha, yeah, um, Batman decides to go and rescue her from a warehouse with like a dozen henchmen in, uh, guarding her, and swoops in in his Batwing, which is again. For, for all of the faults Zack Schneider has, he, he does design very, very well. All of the Batman gear is really cool. Alfred then kind of pilots it in. They're on the third floor. He jumps in in the second floor. They hear him landing, so they've kind of got all of their guns trained on the, the one entry point. And then Batman blows up the floor underneath them. And grappling hooks up. They don't know where he is. He While he's jumping, he throws these things on all of their guns, which stop them from working. He strings someone up he proceeds to break everyone's fucking arm and <laughs> it is just a brutal fight scene he actually throws a batarang at someone okay and it's the only time i've really seen him use like traditionally campy batman gadgets yeah and it actually kind of looked cool like he still well, seems there's one other time it's been done to continue arkham asylum games yes so I was going to mention that. Outside of film, yeah. by far the best portrayal of Batman is in the Arkham series. Yeah. And this warehouse fight scene is exactly like a fight scene from the Arkham games. Right. It's to the point I kept expecting like triangle to appear above people's heads. Yeah. Like it, it is everything you would want from that style of Batman. It was close to the comics, but it also felt kind of Taken out of context, like mm. ignoring the rest of the film, it is the best cinematic Batman scene we have. He rock bottoms someone in it, which if any, is that's enough for me, really. Like <laughs> out, out out of basically nowhere, which I know is an RKO, yeah. But he he rock bottoms someone, and it actually feels like he is a dangerous vigilante. He's everything people have been saying he is, yeah. And it's fucking amazing, but. People will always go to uh, big ones that come up is the the Dark Knight Rises fight. Like people will always kind of talk about Christian Bale in that. People will talk about the Dark Knight. People will talk about Batman Begins. It, it's not so much Batman and Robin, but Michael Keaton obviously gets talked about a lot. The kind of what what he did for the role, and I strongly believe Ben Affleck was the best. Yeah, actually, interestingly, like, I love the Nolan trilogy, but I don't think Batman is the best part of the Nolan trilogy. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not at all. Um, the, the best... The best... No, sorry. Just uh, talking about no, things no, being no. wanky early. No, 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 no. Not at all. Uh, you <laughs> see, the, all. what I like about uh, Christian Bale's <laughs> Batman is they allow him to actually move his neck. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, even down to, like, even ignoring Ben Affleck, the costume is incredible as well. Like, it's a proper kind of... Uh, Dark Knight Returns, which it was heavily influenced by uh, outfit. It looks a lot more kind of 
not not cartoony, but not like the. It's not armor. It looks like a superhero costume. Yeah, kind of thing. And as mentioned before, and it's worth saying again, Ben Affleck is hench. Yeah, he actually looks like a seasoned crime fighter. It shows the consequences of kind of all of these cities being destroyed and the impact it's had on him. Um, and it is also, I really like the idea of seeing. Uh, we kind of talked about this on the James Bond episode. But it's interesting seeing someone... Batman in cinema is either brand new and learning yeah, or very good at what he does. Dark Knight Rises toyed with the idea that he was injured and old. Yeah. And yeah. then he fixed his back in a Mexican prison hole. So he wasn't really. They have great chiropractors. <laughs> yeah. The old, the old rope from the ceiling trick. Yeah. I really liked the idea of a Batman who was just kind of tired like he's like just a bit worn out and he's seasoned and he's experienced and he knows what's happening but he just seems a little bit done is is uh, Danny Glovering it too exactly old yeah shit. he is he is 100% Danny Glovering it yeah too old for the shit not measuring everything in the length of his bat penis yeah exactly <laughs> um that is a reference to not our podcast <laughs> yeah this is, I, I keep forgetting that yeah we we spoke on the cage rage podcast uh, we watched Tokarev Danny Glover frequently, well, he doesn't, he does it once, but he talks about things uh, in compar- comparison to the length of his dick. His rap sheet is longer than my dick. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously that became us just measuring things in Danny Glover's dick. Yeah. But turns out I'm 12 Danny Glover's dicks high. <laughs> I'm a 13 and a quarter. <laughs> I mean, you're shorter than me, so you're not. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Am I? Yeah. I thought I was a bit taller than you. are a bit taller than me. Oh, we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Scared the cat. I'm taller than you. You're not taller than me. You're not taller than me. Yeah. There we go. That was a great visual bit for you. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think Ben Affleck gets forgotten and heralded as shit because he is Batman in a shit film. Uh, well, shit films. Because yeah. he's been Batman in Batman vs Superman, Justice League, and briefly in Suicide Squad, and I I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. And but, uh, again, like because we're talking controversial opinions, I, I it's not just he deserves recognition. It is the best cinematic version of Batman, and I don't think people agree with that because the film was shit. But it is like like I said, watch watch the warehouse scene, and I can't help but think people would agree with me but i also don't think they will because no one can see past how bad that film is that is uh that's the choices that's the controversy so as as always it's time to get to the point of the podcast yes out of your three what is the top three of your three well it depends what how are we measuring them are we going with the most controversial opinion is number one I th- I th- I I would go most controversial opinion. Okay. Um, rather so rather than the best opinion, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of hard to. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of hard to. Okay, Unless it's, most... it's a data driven opinion. Looping it back around <laughs> to the beginning. Nice. Um, okay, so I think then probably in reverse order, in third place would probably be Spider Verse being the best Marvel film because it is still regarded very highly as a Marvel film. I do think it's controversial because I think people typically pick MCU stuff, but it is still widely respected as a very good film. Second place, 
I would say probably second place is the Will Smith one because there are definitely other people that don't like Will Smith. There's other people who aren't a fan of him. There aren't yeah. many people who actively loathe him. No, it, it, this is true. But I would say more people probably think that streaming is very good and they is good for the consumer. They like all of the content and they're happy with the way they access that's it. Right. So that's what that's the order I would go in terms of controversy. Okay, so in terms of controversy for me, number one is obviously The Last Jedi wasn't a bad film uh, because as the audience score of Rotten Tomatoes says, the vast majority of people disagree with me. Yeah. Um, so then it, it is Batman, Batman versus Reboots, who are, if anything, two subjects that are intrinsically linked. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I would pick one of them second, and then I'd probably put the other one third. <sighs> You, I mean, your process is just what, what really. I just logic over anything me. else. Um, I, I would, I, I would probably put Ben Affleck as Batman second. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think a lot of people, like people, there's a lot of people who don't think he's bad, but I don't think there's a lot of people who think the single best Batman scene in a movie is in Batman vs Superman. No, people would pick something from the Nolan trilogy. I yeah. imagine. Uh, so then number three. By default, is reboots are not a bad thing, even though I do think that is quite controversial because people hate reboots. Yeah, but also I wonder if once you have the conversation with people about certain films that are reboots, whether or not the opinion yeah. changes. Yeah, there. yeah, true, true. So I yeah, think it's if probably... it's uh, yeah, if it's uh, do you like reboots or do you like Ocean's Eleven, Scarface, The Fly, True Lies, The Birdcage, The yeah. Thing, Evil Dead? It's a different thing entirely. So yes, the joint controversial top three. What we feel. Yeah. Um, Will Smith is in there. Yeah. Because he has to be. I think so. Yeah, I think that. I think... What was your top one again? Uh, Last Jedi wasn't Last Jedi. Film. Yeah, I think that probably has to be in there because I don't think it was a good film. Yeah. Actually, I didn't you know what? I, I, will, I, will, I will rechange that too. The Last Jedi was a good film. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think it was a good film. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I also don't loathe it. Okay, so we are down to streaming has created too much content isn't good for the consumer. Versus yeah. Ben Affleck is the best Batman. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe there's a wider wider held opinion that people like really like streaming. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I... Obviously, I disagree with your point more than I disagree with mine because the point is I agree with my point. <laughs> um, I, I, I do... I massively disagree that streaming is... I, I agree that it has... Streaming has created a lot of content and i think it is quite good for the consumer i disagree i agree that too many streaming providers is a bad thing yeah but in terms of just content i disagree with that and i think i disagree with that more than you disagree with ben affleck being a yeah because as i say like yeah I, I really like the casting of ben affleck so therefore by default by default streaming has created too much content is good for the consumer is our number three yeah i like it I'm intrigued as to how you're going to represent that in the in the Instagram post. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Maybe I'll, I'll just go through our uh, fun fact. Uh, as as we've mentioned before, uh, me and my fiance are currently staying at Graham's while our while our house gets sorted, and that means we had to log into his Netflix on the TV. Um, I was going through set it originally as my name, and then I was looking through profile pictures trying to find what the profile picture would be. And uh, there's a film called, uh, have you watched Bright on Netflix, Graham? I don't think you have, because it, it stars one 
Willard Carroll Smith Jr. So uh, set that as my profile picture and then decided to rename it Will Smith. So now whenever Graham logs into Netflix, there is a Will Smith account. Yeah, it was it was interesting um, explaining to my girlfriend watching Netflix saying, why is Will Smith on your Netflix profile? Well, it's, it's why he's, uh, he's good with money. He, he gets other people's <laughs> accounts. But what I do like as well is sometimes I forget. Yeah. So okay. I'll be scrolling Netflix and it'll come up with recommendations for Will Smith. It's like, okay. Will Smith's got some weird watching habits. <laughs> but, okay. So, we didn't figure out what number one, did we? Uh, well, I, I... Well, there we go. So, streaming is great, too much content isn't good for the consumer. Yeah. Is number three, given yeah. it came down to two people. Uh, what would you say is number one? Will Smith. The Last Jedi was a good film. I don't know because I obviously don't think it's that. But well, it, it it becomes difficult, right? Because yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? What, what do you think? Are the, I I would personally put. I think more people would disagree with the Last Jedi being a good film than would disagree with your hatred for Will Smith. I think more Star Wars fans would, but I suppose they're the people that like I don't know diehard Star Wars fans. It seems to be where the problem lies. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, put it. I I I didn't like it. All right, you know what? Movie. Fuck it. So this is, it's Friday. Yeah. I'm going to finish editing this on Wednesday. Okay. What I'm going to do. Yeah. I am going to, you do this on Twitter as well. Okay. I'm going to post a post on Instagram. Yeah. Saying that I really liked The Last Jedi. Right. And then tomorrow I'll yeah. post about Will Smith being a piece of shit. Okay. And we will see what people reply. And I need you to do the same on Twitter. Okay. We won't say it's a, because of the episode, yeah, yeah, we will just see what's happened, okay. and then whatever is the most appears to be the most controversial because of that, I will drop in the actual final top three now. Right. So it is now now the future. We have collated the information from our little social media experiment. I am now here to tell you our uh, the podcast nobody asked for's top three controversial opinions about movies. So number three. We have streaming has created too much content and isn't good for the consumer. Number two, we have The Last Jedi was a good film. And number one, we have Graham's overwhelming hatred for one Willard Carroll Smith Jr. And we're, we're sorry for, for tricking you guys and, and basically forcing you to make the decision for us. Uh, it's not something we do lightly, but you guys performed admirably. Anyway, back to, back to the past. So there we go. Excellent. That's, that's the episode. That and is the episode. If, if you agreed with us, if you disagreed with us, if you have other controversial opinions, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. You can also find us over at Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where you become a friend of the podcast or a friend of the Haga, whatever you want. Yep. And it'll help us continue to make this podcast, make it bigger, better, and hopefully more controversial. Yes, that's that's where the hits are. That is where the hits are. We're we're clickbaiting all over. So if you have um, any controversial opinions yourselves, if you're just a little bit peeved that we put out those messages on social media and tricked you into helping us <laughs> make our top three, uh, let us know on Twitter at nobody asked for pod with the number four. You can also find us there on the Facebooks. And for all of your links and social media needs, look us up on 
podcastnobodyasks4.co.uk. And remember to leave a review on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser, and in your review put any future episode ideas you have, and we will do the best ones. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we are, I, I was going to round that off like we were a kid's TV show. Hopefully we'll see you again next week. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully the, the controversy hasn't alienated some of you. We still like you all because you are listening to what's probably like the, what, 95th minute of this podcast? Yeah, probably. We appreciate that, man. We do. We um, appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. We appreciate your controversial opinions. I mean, we tolerated some of them in, in some of the... Uh, discussions we had on instagram earlier in the week apart from you know you know who you are yeah. not you not you yeah not you but Murray. hobbit really Ugh, no one asked for this